The Gospel reading today comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. O oh, church, it might seem like we have fallen, but I invite you like Peter, to grab the hand of God, hang on tight, and stand. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. What a beautiful and a powerful um, story and message for us today amidst the storm, the the wind, the waves, stand up, church, stand up. Before I get started this morning, I, I want to give a shout out to our students who are starting back to school. Um, admittedly, I have a vested interest here um, because we'll be dropping off my daughter at, at college tomorrow. Just yesterday, she was running into my arms as I came home from work, and tomorrow I have to let her go as she steps into a very adult world. I know I speak for a lot of parents when I say that we send them with a great deal of pride and with great prayer that God will, in these, in these moments of reentry, whether these are 
our elementary or middle or high school students, college students, all of the above, as they re-enter school, that they will do so with good friends, surrounded by good mentors, surrounded by good opportunities. That's what we hope for all of our students as well, and also our teachers, our administrators. They've been working hard, too, as they begin another school year. May God bless you all. And you have probably noticed that Pastor Laura is back uh, after a terribly tragic and difficult, challenging four and a half weeks away, walking with her mom through what should have been a somewhat routine surgery, complicated complications, of course, during that surgery, a, a long period of fighting for her life, only then to finally bid her farewell. Uh, last Saturday was the funeral service for your mom, Sharon, who visited with us so often, and we felt like we had gotten to know her so well. Um, the uh, service was held at St. John's Lutheran Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, where, where Pastor Laura grew up. Well, they have now returned, Laura and her family, to Salisbury after this prolonged nightmare. Um, when on many, many different occasions, I'm sure you felt like you were the one who was sinking into the sea of despair. Uh, throughout it all, know that we have been with you and praying for you. And, and I believe deeply that God is using this congregation and your good, good friends who are around this country uh, to extend a hand that will pull you up out of these chaotic waters. Our prayer is that you will have the strength and the courage to take that hand of God and to stand up. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the inspiration of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock, our redeemer, and our strength. Amen. By the way, I'm so very thankful today for Judy Childress, who so beautifully told our gospel story, as you've just heard uh, this morning, the story of Jesus who, on a particularly stormy night, uh, walked on water to greet the disciples who were, as you recall, on, on a boat in the middle of that storm. They were so afraid. Some, some of you might remember that five years ago this week, Judy had fallen into a sea of despair following a horrible car accident weeks of uncertainty in ICU, and a remarkably resilient faith lifted her out of those very dark waters um, that Jesus, I mean, excuse me, that, that Judy tells this particular story today, precisely five years later, well, it's more than just significant, it's miraculous. It's also the testimony of a remarkable woman of faith. So today, we uh, collectively are just so very thankful for Judy. So, let's get started. Let's talk today about Peter. That's who I'd like to spend a little bit of time talking about this morning, the, the man whom Jesus called the rock, upon whom my church will be built. He was a hardworking fisherman, of course, who, who rose to be Jesus' most important disciple and trusted friend, not because of his, his education or his money or his family name. He didn't have any of that, but because Jesus saw something within his character that allowed him to rise above the rest. In fact, his name is mentioned 109 times in the Gospels, far more than any other name other than Jesus. The stories about Peter are well known. The, the first time we meet him is as a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee. He was Simon in those days, the brother of Andrew, but he would be renamed by Jesus, renamed Peter, because upon this rock, Petros, I will build my church. He is, he is the disciple who rebuked Jesus. 
Jesus, then he denied knowing Jesus, then he hid when Jesus was crucified, only to be the first to run to Jesus' tomb when he heard that he had been raised from the dead. It was Peter who preached, who, who Jesus sought out after his resurrection, and it was Peter who preached the very first sermon after Jesus ascended into heaven. And on that day, in that precise moment, 3,000 people were baptized, a remarkable story of faith. Well, our reading today is from Matthew chapter 14, when, again, as you've already heard, Peter and the other disciples are in a boat in the middle of the sea in a st- on a stormy night. But it's important to place this story um, in context. This scene immediately follows one of the great stories of the Bible when Jesus feels, feeds 5,000 people with but five loaves and two fish. It's the story, the preaching text from last Sunday. But now it's the end of that day, and Jesus, all the crowds are, are exhausted, they're tired. Jesus has sent them away to their own towns and villages, and, and it's just Jesus and the disciples. So he, descends, he sends the disciples. Likewise, he sends them away on a boat to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It should have been only an eight-mile trip, really not all that long, especially for, for, for fishermen who knew those treacherous waters, occasionally treacherous waters. But But that's when the drama begins. As they uh, enter the boat and, and go out upon the sea, and Jesus removes himself to spend time in prayer. Because you see, a storm overtakes the boat. For what appears to be almost six hours, or at least six hours, this storm battles this little boat, the wind and the waves. The disciples, they are worn out. They are tired. At this point, when the, when the real drama begins, it's about 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, and suddenly… Jesus appears. Well, they don't know that it's Jesus. He's walking toward them, or what looks to be a ghost. They assume as a ghost is walking toward them. But when they do finally discover that it's, that it's Jesus, it's Peter who quickly acts, asks if he can come to Jesus on the water. So Peter gets out of the boat. Keep that in mind. Peter gets out of the boat, and he walks toward Jesus until he looks down at the sea below, that crazy, that chaotic sea, the wind, the waves, feels him all around him. He feels, feels the nervousness, the chaos of it all, and he loses confidence and begins to sink. Jesus reaches out his hand. Why did you lose faith? He asks. He lifts Peter up out of the water, and the disciples in the boat stand in amazement and wonder. Scripture says they immediately begin to worship God, which is what we are doing now and why we gather now, right? Because those disciples in those very moments, they reflected upon the goodness, the power, the majesty of God. They could do nothing but fall on their knees and worship God, which is what we do every time we gather together as we reflect, as we remember, as we recall the majesty of God. What else can we do but sing His praises? It's a great story, remarkable story. And there are two quick things that I'd like to lift up about this very story. One is it seems to me that it's, it's easy for some reason to criticize Peter for losing faith. 
That seems to be the the subtext of almost every part of Peter's story. At some point, he falters, he stumbles, he loses some part of his faith, or perhaps he's just too confident in in who he is. Somehow, he's, he's stumbling always. And even in this moment, Peter, it's Peter who gets out of the the boat, and he walks to Jesus, and and then he looks around him. He gets nervous by everything, and he he falls. He fails. And it's easy to focus our attention on Peter's failure in this story. But don't forget, at at least Peter got out of the boat. I mean, think about it. Nobody else did. They stayed. They didn't risk it. Only Peter did. Why? Well, you tell me. When it's stormy out, what keeps you from getting out of the boat, the boat of your perceived security in this world and your, in your life? Um, we all have those things that that give us our own strong sense of security, oftentimes a false sense of security. Maybe it's our own success, or maybe it's our own relationships, our wealth, our prestige, our status, even our pride. But, but when the storm overtakes us, what will you rely on? An earthly boat or the Prince of Peace? The boat of your success, your wealth, your pride, or Jesus, who is your good shepherd. Peter got out of the boat because he trusted Jesus more than anything else. What about you? At the end of the day, what, who do you trust? Number two. Did you find yourself proud of Peter when he was starting to walk on water? I know this sounds really corny, but every time I read this story, I know what's going to happen, but I find myself cheering for, 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 for Peter. I mean, I, I know it's not going to happen, but I just sort of want the story to change or shift the, every time I read it as if maybe he's going to keep on walking, that this time maybe Peter's not going to sink. He's going to keep on walking all the way to Jesus. Jesus, all the way into Jesus' embrace. I want to call out, you can do this, Peter. This time, I know it. You you can make it. I can remember Anna's very first swim meet like it was yesterday. It was the 25-yard freestyle Stonebrook Swimming Pool, Winchester, Virginia. Just one length of the pool, that's all it takes. She's maybe, I don't know, five years old. Everybody at the pool was cheering for her and all the other girls who five, six years old maybe that were swimming in that particular race. You can do this, we were all saying. Keep going, you're going to make it, which I believe is precisely what Jesus was thinking as he watched Peter walk across the water. You can do this, Peter. I know you, Peter. I know everything about you, Peter. I know that you can make it keep going. When Peter got nervous and began to sink, as we all do every now and then, come on, don't be ashamed to admit it. When we lose confidence in ourselves, when, when we start to listen to the voices within us, 
or the voices around us that try to convince us that we can't do it, that we're not good enough. When, when we give up or when we fail, the voice I want you to hear is the voice that we often don't hear. It's the voice of Jesus encouraging us and cheering us on. Sure, in the story, Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, why did you, why did you doubt? And we assume that, that Jesus is asking Peter, why do you have such little faith in me? But it could also mean, oh, Peter, why did you lose faith in yourself? I have every confidence in the world in you, Peter. Why don't you have confidence in yourself? It seems to me that that's the point. I mean, come on, absolutely, this is so very true. Faith in Jesus is important. But what about Jesus' faith in us? I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that God believes in you? (laughs) Rob Bell once offered a benediction at the end of one of his talks, and he said this, may you believe in God, but may you come to see that God also believes in you. And it's true, because when we do, it'll change your life. This God who isn't afraid of the storm, He isn't afraid of the chaotic waters of life. Come on, this story makes it abundantly clear. He joins us in those waters, encouraging us, holding us, loving us. Why? Because He believes in us. The story is told of a young Indian brave who is ready to make his transition to adulthood after multiple rituals and, and challenges. It all came down to a final night when the brave was to sit alone in a wide open prairie. It was a test of, of courage. His father took him to the middle of the prairie. The boy's village was miles, miles away. No one was near. And he placed this boy on a rock and told him to sit there all night long and not to move a muscle. Then the father pulled out a blindfold, and he covered his son's eyes. Do not run, he said. Do not make a noise. A man must be filled with courage and strength. When the sun rises, you may take off the blindfold, but not until then. And the father's voice disappeared into the night. Well, the brave sat alone on the rock, unable to see anything around him. And as darkness fell, he heard the howl of jackals in the distance, the movement of animals all around him, the screech of an owl. He wanted to run. He wanted to scream out for help. He, he didn't want to be eaten alive by hungry wolves or trampled by the herd of buffalo, but he waited. I mean, his heart was pounding, no doubt, palms sweating. It was the longest night of his life. Finally, though, finally the sun arose, and the boy's heart pounded with anticipation this time, and he quickly untied the knot of the blindfold. He pulled it from his eyes and then noticed, sitting only a few feet away, the familiar loving face of his father, who had been by his side the whole night through. May you believe in a God 
who refuses to leave your side and has every confidence in the world that you can do it, that we can do it. No matter what challenges are before us. So stand up, church. In the midst of the storms around us, stand up. We can do this. Amen.